Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Hello, everybody. Yeah, hello. Uh, Did you hear them? They said said hi back. (laughs) Hi, everyone. We're filming in front of a live studio audience. Uh, We've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of x Uh, we're not doing everything everywhere all at once because it's not showing in sioux falls yet as we were worried last week um unfortunately but we'll get to that eventually whenever we're able to see it um and then we're also going to be talking about our favorite and least favorite at least in my case uh films of the year yeah alden let's do it that one movie podcast. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the toms. Let's do the toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Remember, was that last year, two years ago, 2019? I don't know. COVID kind of messes with time lately. Sure, when sure. Would, remember, I don't remember what the name was, but remember everybody named like the one name all like met and fought each other and then oh one yeah was declared um, the best. what was that because that was in nebraska where they met <laughs> um it was it was actually just like 15 miles outside of lincoln or something i thought about going just because it was funny it was it was like uh, it wasn't jason i want to say it starts with a j it wasn't james because i would have been there yeah yeah um, I don't know, but I'm just saying we should do that with the Toms. Yeah, we should and then sponsor a Toms then, fight. <laughs> then that's just the new three Toms. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. The winners can then be the Toms on our podcast. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Do we have a lot of Toms this week, Holden? Yeah, we have some, not a ton. Uh, the first thing we have is a new trailer for that movie, Men. Uh, we talked about the teaser trailer that came out a few weeks ago for that. Uh, it's the new Alex Garland film. Um, yeah, what did you think of it, Jimmy? Um, it looks like a lot of Irish people being creepy <laughs> to this Irish lady. Yeah. I think they're Irish. I they're like, oh, you, sh- you shouldn't eat the forbidden fruit. She's like, what? I, that was I, more British. I, I, think like, it's the, I think it's the English countryside, so maybe it's like like welsh or something i don't know it just sounds like they're all after the lucky charms yes yeah. <laughs> just to me so i don't know it's just i like the accent i'm not poking fun at it but i i think it uh that's just that's a not the point mm-hmm. as we as we can see um uh it's alex garland yes he directed one of my favorite movies ever in ex machina mm-hmm. so i'm excited he also directed annihilation holden's favorite movie of all yep. time my favorite uh, film uh, <laughs> which I don't think a lot of people saw. It is yeah, quite I think uh, it, I think a bonkers it was a financial movie. flop. I could be wrong. 
it is a, a very polarizing movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because it is, and there's a polar bear in it. Um, but it, uh, I liked that movie not to the level of Ex Machina. I haven't watched it since, so... I well, I mean, Alex Garland, I'm excited for this movie. Not sure what to think. It seems very creepy. I kind of like the horror slant of it. Um, you got, I forget the actress name. You know it off the top of your head. Are we just going to be floundering? Uh, it's Jessie Buckley. Jessie Buckley, yes. She is, looks we like s- she's dealing with some trauma. Yeah, we, we recently saw her in I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yes, our favorite movie ever <laughs> yep <laughs> tied with um. annihilation for holden um that is sarcasm for people who were not aware uh go listen to that episode we uh get, we discussed that she's good um but it seems like a lot of you know elevated horror holden you gotta love the, oh, yeah, the, the term horror we'll see it looks like it's a big swing but it could be a swing and a miss so it's- i'm 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 intrigued. I uh, think that these Irish slash countryside British slash Welsh people are pretty creepy, and well, they are all like creepy men. They're all played by the same person too. Did not catch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, an aspect that apparently just went over Jimmy's head is that uh, aside from Jesse Buckley and the husband in the flashbacks. Um, everyone in this movie seems to be played by the same person. Oh, well, why don't they call it man then? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess, you know, the husband is also a man. So there's at least two men in this movie. Um, but yeah, so the actor, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's the guy who played the, uh, prime minister in the first episode of black mirror with the pig. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Not a ton to say. I it looks interesting. It looks like it might be very pretentious. <laughs> I don't know. I I I don't sometimes I love movies like this where it's all up to interpretation and sometimes I just hate it. It's kind of a fine line. Um, so we'll see. We'll see which side it, it lands on. I felt like Annihilation was on the very pretentious side, so. <laughs> <laughs> I st- I want to know if anybody in the world, including Alex Garland, understands, like, the last 20 minutes of Annihilation. Because <laughs> I sure didn't. Well, I got the very ending. But yeah. before that, yeah, but there, yeah, the smokes. Uh, the climax of that film is is interesting to say the least. Go watch it. I I you know what? I'll recommend you go watch it even if I don't like it. I think it's something you just need to see for yourself and see if you like it. It's a gorgeous movie. That you yeah, can't yeah. not say that Alex Garland's movies aren't beautiful. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, this, this is coming out soon with that too. Yeah, coming out May 20th, which is right when I end school. So nice. you can look forward to that. Uh, last year was Spiral. Came yeah, out no Saw movie and... this year. <laughs> Instead, you get a what a new disappointment. Alex film. <laughs> um, so I'll I will give it a Brokaw because I'm I'm excited. I'm intrigued. I want to. I'm curious. Sure, uh, I'll give it a Bergeron. Uh, cautiously optimistic, um, but we will see it regardless. So yeah, you can't judge Holden's taste though because he thought X looked really bad, and it turned out to be. You'll find out in like 30 minutes. Well, I no, I just thought X looked 
kind of dumb. I don't I don't think I said it looked bad. I don't know. Okay, we'll, sure. We'll get into Whatever. that later. <laughs> um, so anyway, we have some more Oppenheimer casting. Uh, and after I talk about the new casting, I just want to list off everyone who's in this movie because it seems like everyone is in this movie. Uh, but we have Alex Wolf, uh, who obviously is uh, one of the stars of Hereditary. I just mentioned that I saw him in Pig, um, mm-hmm. but he's in a lot of things, a lot of A24 stuff uh, recently. And also uh, Tony Goldwyn, uh, who just played Paul Cohen in King Richard. He was like the first coach that the girls had in King Richard. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So what do you think of those two? Yes. Yes. Good. <laughs> Good, I guess. I mean, Christopher Nolan, he'll just be able to get everybody. Maybe he's just turning into the next Adam McKay, you know, or it's just like everybody's going to be in my movie. Or uh, um, Wes Anderson, where it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh um oh my gosh i'm blanking on his Christ- christoph waltz i almost blanked on christoph waltz name there oh just yeah gonna be Him in it for French two minutes dispatch. <laughs> just be in it for two minutes yeah uh, so- tony goldman's birthday is may 20th so he gets to see men on his birthday <laughs> why do you <laughs> Did you Google Tony Goldwyn? <laughs> no, I just know these facts off the top of my head. Oh, okay, that's impressive. For instance, that Good he for is six foot one, and he's been jer- married to Jane Muskie since 1987. Oh, yeah. Common well, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but in addition to those two, just going to list off who else is in this. Uh, obviously, Killian Murphy is the lead. Then we also have Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh. Benny Safdie, Josh Hartnett, Dane DeHaan, Jack Quaid, Matthew Modine, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, David Krumholtz, and David Dasmalkian. I uh, can't pronounce his last name, but that's Polka Dot Man from Super Yeah, the, the creepy guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, wow, that's a lot of people. Dane DeHaan. Has he been in like have I seen him in anything <laughs> since The Amazing Spider-Man 2? I was I was trying to think he was in that um uh what's the direct baz lerman uh, his like sci-fi movie from like valerian five- and yeah. yeah valerian in the city of a thousand planets yeah i never saw that but i think that's the last movie i remember seeing him in so a cure for wellness okay. never did see that one yeah um, that was a gore verbinski i think and i have not seen chronicle so okay yeah uh yeah. he's he's i think he's a good actor like he was good in chronicle i think he's just kind of he's like a michael fassbender where it's just he gets like all of these not great roles he needs a new agent <laughs> um alden Ehrenreich. what's he been in since solo oh yeah i was trying to think that i don't know he was name dropped in the boys recently, which I was like, "Oh wow!" I completely completely forgot he existed, but did not make an appearance in the boys. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a lot of people. I didn't even remember a lot of them were in that. Alden Ehrenreich is only five foot nine. We're the same height, oh, pretty wow. much. I'm taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, quite a who's who of a cast. I'm pretty excited for this. Um, new casting broke off from me yeah broke off for me as well well so wait uh, wait, wait, wait wait before we move on it seems okay. like a lot of these people are like american or it's going to be told from the american or ally perspective so i'm wondering is it 
going to be leading up to the bomb drop or just post bomb drop? I don't know. Has Christopher Nolan said anything? I, I wonder th- when the bomb is drop- dropping, the bombs. I'm- I'm I'm guessing it's going to be leading up to it. I'm not sure if we know that for a fact, though. Um, but maybe it could be like a little, you know, it's told out of order. It could be a little bit before and after the bomb drop and some nice uh, non-chronological storytelling there. Maybe it will be a Quentin Tarantino revenge fantasy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the movie uh, it just says written by quentin tarantino yeah just kidding christopher nolan pulls off a mask and it's quentin tarantino <laughs> this was my 10th film mother yeah Epis, oh, that'd be disappointing and then he just he gets out of there all right let's um, move on yes let's good. move on uh marvel that got into a tangent <laughs> yeah. uh some marvel news um so are you familiar with the character nova at all Nova. No, I'm not, but I am familiar with the PBS documentary series called Nova. Okay, great, great. Is that uh, helpful? Yeah, that's very helpful. Okay, good. <laughs> so apparently uh, Marvel is developing a Nova project um, with the Moon Knight writer, Sabir Pirzada. Um, it's not very clear if it's a film or series yet, uh, but for background, Nova is an intergalactic cop and member of the Nova Corps, who we have seen in Guardians of the Galaxy. They're kind of like I think they were really only in the first one, but they were like the the cops who were, you know, dealing with the Guardians at the beginning of the movie. But um, his powers seem very similar to Captain Marvel. It's just kind of vague energy blasts, but people seem to really like him as a character. So maybe he's just an interesting guy. I don't know. (laughs) What do you think of this, Jimmy? I do not care. Bergeron. (laughs) Yeah, Bergeron's for me as well. Let me know um, if it's good. Then I'll watch it. Yep. Yeah, me too. Um, oh, and the, actually, the only last piece of movie news I have uh, was regarding that uh, Chris Stuckman's film. We can talk about that mm-hmm. since the Kickstarter's done. Uh, Kickstarter ended last night. We briefly mentioned this, like... I feel like last year this movie uh, when it was initially announced, but Chris Stuckman, he's a YouTuber that both uh, Jimmy and I watch uh, and he's making a horror film called Shelby Oaks. Um, but his Kickstarter for that just ended and his initial goal was like 250,000 and he ended up just under 1.4 million for this movie. Yeah. Which is yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited for it. Uh, we'll probably review it for the podcast at some point. Um, but um, I did end up donating to the Kickstarter. I Jimmy I, and I talked about splitting it, and I completely forgot about it until like two hours before it ended. And Jimmy, I knew Jimmy was asleep. So I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll drop $75 on this thing. So Oh, you got the $75. Because that's funny, because three hours before it ended, I bought the $45 tier. with Because like, oh, nice. I wanted the bonus... <laughs> all the bonus content and i'm guessing you just went up to the blu-ray slash poster tier yeah i wanted the blu-ray and the poster so yeah but we talked about maybe doing the uh, special thanks splitting the special thanks credit and doing that one movie podcast so yeah that would have been really but. funny i think it's okay though i yeah it's probably smarter from a financial perspective just to get the cheaper side <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't go willy-nilly just dropping you know two hundred dollars on a thing but 
yeah a very we're very excited for this so we're gonna review it but uh full disclosure we are financially tied to this film <laughs> oh yeah yes that is we are basically producers of the movie essentially yeah, essentially um, um along with we're, like eight thousand dollars <laughs> i think it's fourteen thousand something but we are essentially just as important as chris duckman to the creation of this yeah. movie yeah. unless it's bad then we're, yeah, we have no and then we'll just cut ties with the movie completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder how the digital release is going to work. Like, will he have access to it right when it comes out, or will it have a theatrical run? And yeah, I don't know. I, don't we'll know. I mean, and as cool as uh, or as much as I want, like a digital version or you know my Blu-ray as soon as possible, I do want to see it have a theatrical run. So I don't know. Hopefully, it gets like at least a some sort of theatrical release my guess is it won't be wide though unless it gets picked up by a big studio or something somehow so my guess is we probably won't be able to see it here well that's what the other thing i was wondering they are doing screenings of it i know that for sure yeah you could like buy exclusive things but um if it gets picked up by a studio i'm just curious how like the kickstarter rewards work with that you know like how does because the studio would then I would assume have the distribution rights. It would have to be something that's negotiated. True. That's true. So I mean, maybe that's not maybe even he just something stole that's all table. our money. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he t- he said like there are a couple of studios looking to get it, like major ones. But oh, okay. well, I don't know. Well, they'll cross that bridge when they get there. But if you don't watch Chris Stuckman and you listen to us, that seems very unlikely what are you doing go watch chris <laughs> stuff and stuff he is a positive force on the internet yeah that can be a very cynical unwelcoming place so i appreciate chris stuckman yeah i do too that's why we decided to help him out with this movie so very excited i'm i'm glad that he got he had like stretch goals extended to a million dollars and some of them were really cool like um getting actual animal trainers and filming at the Shawshank prison and stuff. Glad he gets to do all that now. Yeah, that's a really exciting. Also, if I were him, I would be very anxious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would feel like there's so much pressure on me, but well, uh, good luck to him. Money in, on the line here. Um, good luck yeah. to him. We wish him the best and yeah. hopefully kickstarts, kickstarts, huh? A uh, <laughs> uh, whole filmmaking journey for him because he's, it's a really cool guy, and I just would like to see the best for him, and obviously 14,000 other people, including Holden, would too. So yeah. bro- Thomas Two Thumbs Up Brokaw for me. Yep, yep. Thomas Two Thumbs Up Brokaw. Uh, in the- fact, Thomas Brokaw went up and cut off somebody's thumb <laughs> and used it for a Thomas Three Thumbs Up Oh, Brokaw. geez, nice. Yeah, we're only we're giving a rare three thumbs up broke off for something we are personally invested in. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no bias there at all yeah um but yeah uh in terms of gaming news uh the only thing i had uh was that apparently playstation spartacus might be revealed this next week so we might have that to talk about um playstation spartacus that's the long rumored playstation game pass uh equivalent playstation spartacus i am spartacus (laughs) no i am spartacus yeah, supposedly it's it's like a I don't know if it's going to be more complex than this, but a, like a merger between PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, which honestly should have been done a long time ago, but is it going to be just more money? I don't know. 
I don't know. And if it's just like PlayStation Now being bundled with that, I don't know how I feel because a lot of PlayStation Now games, uh, it kind of de- like the streaming is iffy. I know that I think you said you didn't have any issues with streaming, um, but I, my brother at home was like trying to get PlayStation Now to work and it just wasn't like the, it was so stuttery. So I don't know how it works at my place currently. Yeah, um, that for it to work, they would have to do first party releases day one, like Xbox Game Pass does, and I just that'd be, I mean, that'd be surprising if PlayStation did that. Yeah, I feel like maybe they if they even do, do like it. a one month window, I don't, I don't know how they would do it. Yeah. I think that would be the only thing that would maybe compel me to do it, but even then, so many subscriptions. I think I'd rather just buy the thing and own it forever. Yeah, that's that's my thing is I like buying the game so then I own it. Um and I mean Game Pass, I've played quite a bit on Game Pass when it's a game that I don't care about owning. It's maybe just a smaller indie game or something that I want to try out. It's very good for that. Um and with how expansive Game Pass is, there's just so many options. Um so you know, depending on pricing and the like what it all entails, I guess I could consider it, but yeah, I'm I'm more of just intrigued to see what it actually is this next week. Yeah, I I guess I probably will not get it. Sure. I would say. But uh yeah. Uh Bergeron for me. Bergeron. And then I uh wanted to tag tag on the end here um the Batman deleted scene that was uh oh, released. Yes. I figure we should talk I wanted to talk about it here that way we can go full spoilers with the Batman and maybe you could just skip ahead if you haven't seen the Batman yet. Yeah, time um, code's in the description. So if you want to skip to whatever we're doing next, what are we going to do next? Uh, we'll favorite do, movies. Yeah, we'll do, let's do favorite movies next. All right. Yeah, uh, if you want to skip to that, our, our reviews of X, just look at the time codes in the description. Click on the, the, the time. It should just take you there, and hopefully it works. All right. Uh, spoilers for da, 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 The Batman. The Batman. Yeah, uh, so Matt Reeves released a uh, deleted scene from The Batman. It was a long-rumored one that uh, feeds more into the uh, Joker appearance that we saw. In I don't think Batman. it was rumored. It was, he just said there was a scene in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he knew well, there, it was real. <laughs> yeah, um, but he released it in full. It's like a five-minute scene you can just watch on YouTube pretty much. Um, but what do you think of it, Jimmy? I liked it. I, I didn't know. Like the first couple minutes, I was like, I don't know about this. Um, but I thought it stuck the landing mm-hmm. in terms of this relationship between Batman and Joker. I um I think it's an interesting idea to kind of just have the Joker be a backdrop. I, it almost seems like they're just don't they're not all that interested in exploring that relationship in this universe. Sure. Although he exists in this universe. I mean, I guess to a depth that they dedicate a whole movie to it. Um I don't know. Well maybe I don't it seems like Matt Reeves isn't all that interested in, in basing a movie off the Joker at this point. Um, yeah. Just from what he's said, which is, I have mixed feelings about that. I really like the Joker, but also I know a lot of people want to see something different. I think it would be cool to see a Court of Owls, for instance. But, um, 
Yeah, no, I thought uh, Barry K. <laughs> Nobody knows how to say his last name. I did a uh, did a nice job. Like you said, uh, we kind of briefly talked about it over text. The hair, I don't know about the hair. Again, they were very... They gave you just little bite-sized pieces of kind of his character design. You didn't really see it all that clearly, which I think was a, a good choice. And mm-hmm. it kind of lent to the mysterious nature of the scene. Um, but overall, I, I liked the interpretation. It was different enough that uh, it didn't feel like derivative or like yeah. a copycat or just something that was trying to be so different that it was, you know, kind of cringy. Um, I think not <laughs> not calling out any specific Joker interpretations, <laughs> but I think you could assume. Uh, uh, I do like how the Joker is really smart, though. Like this interpretation, like he is Batman's there to basically get this Hannibal Lecter sort of I need you to psychoanalyze this other killer for me. Mm-hmm. And the Joker does it pretty much instantaneously. And then he just proceeds to psychoanalyze Batman. And that just <laughs> makes him super uncomfortable because Batman thinks he has like the upper hand. And I thought that was great. Yeah, um, that was awesome. That was my, that was my favorite part of it. So I think it stuck the landing there. Um, but uh, yeah, what did you, what did you think Holden? Yeah. I mean, I think even if they don't like base a full movie off of Joker, I like the idea that he's already established in this universe because that's not something we've really had before. Even with like, you know, Heath Ledger, who everyone loves and everything. Like, we don't really get him, you know, sticking around. And I know Christopher Nolan, that may have been his initial intention with the rumored how uh, Dark Knight Rises was initially supposed to go before Heath Ledger's passing. Um, but we just haven't had this like long standing relationship between Joker and Batman before. So I I'm excited to see, even if he only makes like smaller appearances later on down the line, I just want to see where, where it goes with that. Um, in terms of the scene itself. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, I did mention, we kind of agreed that if this was in the movie, it would mess with the pacing a lot. It would kind of, it would feel unnecessary especially with how the whole scene turns out and it kind of in the context of a larger movie it would just kind of feel like a way to just include the joker in there honestly um not totally necessary i do like it how it kind of hints at the the ending theme because for me one of my critiques of the batman was it seemed like batman went from point a to point b in his character arc without really coming to realize it like nothing pushing him to realize it all that much from just the sure. first viewing maybe i changed my mind after that of like how he is vengeance and then he's like oh there are two you know vengeance i'm not accomplishing anything i'm just like the riddler um and that just kind of happens just in a moment whereas this scene it kind of hints at that and you kind of it plants the seed for batman to be thinking about this so i think mm-hmm. it works from that regard if they were to leave it in the movie, but I think at least upon the first viewing, it would, it would be so distracting to have a character like the Joker just pop up randomly (laughs) in the (laughs) middle of a movie. Yeah. uh, I mean, five minute scene. And just, I feel like our heads would be spinning from that for a long time and, and it would overshadow a lot of the other stuff. 
but uh, I mean, they did include a scene with him anyway, which <laughs> I think did the same thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I, a lot I of feel like it could have been in. It could have been left out. I'm just glad we got to see it. Sure. Yeah. I, a lot of people already have that critique of the Joker scene that is in the Batman, uh, that it feels out, unnecessary and out of place. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Good scene. I feel like I feel like either leave both in or take both out. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, yeah, not one or the other, like they did. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I think it's a cool scene. I'm glad they gave it to us now instead of it making us wait for a long time. So that was really cool. It was a nice surprise overall. Liked it a lot. I'll give it a Brokaw. Yeah, Brokaw for me too. Now we're gonna move on to us talking about our favorite films of 2021. All right, Jimmy. So uh, in previous years, we have done this at the beginning of the year. Uh, just like a lot of people do that, you know, end of the year, give your best worst of the year list. Uh, but we decided this year we'd wait. That way we have the opportunity to, opportunity to see more Oscar winners um, and kind of compare those uh, with what we had already seen at that point. So I think it well, affected my list a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, particularly last year, it's like we tried to do a list. And it's like a lot like I think my top three favorite movies of 2020, 2020, I hadn't even seen in 2020. Sure. Like because I was like, I didn't even know what to make a list of. And then my three clear favorite movies from last year being Minari, Nomadland and Promising Young Woman. I had seen all those in 2021 after we made our list. So mm-hmm. made more sense to wait, give us an opportunity to see more of these films, especially the ones that didn't get the wider releases. Um, and and kind of tied in with the Oscars to say that here's movies that we liked. If those ones at the Oscars, you're like, are those actually worth watching? Mm-hmm. Uh, in our opinion. So uh, I did not put together my least favorite movies. I just didn't like Free Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that i did um congratulations if you liked it uh i just did not and uh i don't think it's a good movie but uh it apparently it it is good to a lot of people so good Oscar on them nominated for, film for doing that also the guy who directed that i didn't realize is one of the main directors for stranger things so oh yeah i, do, I guess yeah. i do like some of his other work so yeah um, do you just want to go down your list again, Holden, and then I can just go through mine and we can talk about them? Sure. Like, do we want to run through it or go one by one? Go. I think you just you can run through yours. We'll talk about each movie and then I'll I'll give you mine. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so number ten on mine, I know you, or at least as far as I know, you haven't seen uh, is Tick Tick Boom. Yes, I did not see this one. I yeah. I was gonna mention movies I haven't seen. As oh, well as just honorable mentions too. When I go through mine, okay, okay, yeah, that's good. Um, but Tick Tick Boom, uh, the Andrew Garfield musical based on gosh, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy who wrote Rent. Um, but it's based on his life. It's an actual musical, just adapted for the screen by Lin Manuel Miranda. I thought it was really good. Andrew Garfield may have given my favorite performance of the year. Um, Not only is it just a great performance, but he is a very talented singer and dancer in it too. So he's a truly a jack of all trades. 
uh, in this movie. But I thought it was very entertaining. Some great music. There's a couple songs I still find myself listening to on a regular basis. So, yeah. Um, number nine, we both did see and reviewed on this podcast, but I have Belfast. Nice. Yep. The the little slice of life, I guess, of or the semi-autobiographical Kenneth Branagh film. Mm-hmm. Black and white. Beautiful. Got that. It's the dramedy. You know, you got a little bit of everything. Kieran Hines, Judy Dench, we're adorable yeah, old people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a very cute, fun movie. This It kind of snuck up on me as to how much I liked it. Because, um, I mean, I obviously we enjoyed it when we reviewed it, and I was kind of assembling this list. I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I did like Belfast quite a bit. Um, Jimmy kind of had to convince me to go watch it because I thought it, just like from what little I had heard, it sounded really boring, but we ended up going and seeing it and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's got a good soundtrack, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Good scores. Um, number eight, we also reviewed uh, Nobody. Nobody. Um, yeah. The Bob Odenkirk action film that's directed by uh, one of... Or no, it's not directed. It's written by one of the John Wick people. Um, but very awesome fight choreography. Uh, we mentioned last week that uh, Christopher Lloyd has a great uh, <laughs> appearance in it. Very funny. Um, it's awesome. It, it's great too because it's pretty short. Like it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like that's probably one of the things it has over John Wick movies is that it's like twenty minutes shorter than each of those, and it's paced very well. Um, yeah, just a very fun movie, and it sets up for a franchise that maybe we'll see more of it in the future. Yeah, be excited. Do you have anything to say about it? Um, did that make my top ten? I thought about uh thought about it but uh i was i'm surprised it made your top 10 i enjoyed it it wasn't like i don't know i i haven't really thought about it all that much since to be honest sure sure i think i've seen it twice at this point um but yeah um number seven another film you haven't seen is pig um the nicholas cage uh film uh, that's on hulu once again uh, like i said last week i think when i talked about it i will not say much about the story because it's very easy to spoil it but it's just a great nicholas cage performance um completely just shattered any expectations i had for what i was expecting um yeah i don't know what do you i think that's pretty much all i have for that were you gonna ask me what i thought of that yeah i was gonna ask caught myself <laughs> um the number pig six say oink <laughs> yeah the pig in it is very cute it's like a, it's one of those like little fluffy hairy pigs better um, than the pig and babe uh i mean that pig is pretty cute well isn't it probably multiple pigs in babe well in all the and movies about animals isn't it usually well, like a bunch of animals probably yeah okay the pigs plural are cute all right okay there we go uh number six i have dune dune um yeah this was just obviously one of our most anticipated movies i think it was your most anticipated of the year um behind uh spiral of course oh yeah behind spiral of course (laughs) um but denis villeneuve made an awesome science fiction epic very excited for the sequel it's a 
visual spectacle, musical, or the music is great. Um, just star-studded cast. I don't know. What What do you have to say about it? I just, yeah, I just made me excited about the the rest of the story. It sets up the world really well for people who didn't know anything about it, including mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, I could follow along. I loved all the details. Technically, it's incredible. The production design, the editing, cinematography, visual effects, masterclass in all of those regards, complemented by Hans Zimmer's score, a dynamite cast. Um, yeah, just great all around. Um, and we'll see. I, I'm guessing it's going to get a lot of technical awards at the Oscars tonight as of recording this. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's cool to see that. And uh, yeah, I think it deserves a place on your top 10 list. Uh, number five for me is the Suicide Squad. Um, I every time I see this movie, I like it a little bit more. Um, it's a huge turnaround from my least favorite film of all time, Suicide Squad, <laughs> from 2016. Um, but it's a ton of fun. James Gunn, uh, some really funny writing, uh, some great action set pieces, um, some surprisingly heartfelt moments. Um, yeah. I just enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, how many times have you seen it? Three or four at wow. this point. Um, I saw it at least... Okay, let me think. I saw it at least once in theaters. I saw it once. On, the first time I watched it, it was just on HBO Max. Then I saw it in theaters. Then I saw it once here in Sioux Falls, just on HBO I- Max. So maybe only three times. But did we not watch it in theaters together? No, no, I th- no, that was because that was, I think, during the time when I was in Lincoln for a bit after I totaled my car. OK, so I think I think it was during that. Um, but yeah, what do you have to say about it, Jimmy? Uh, it's a good movie. I've only seen it the one time. I think I probably like it more because Peacemaker was good. So yeah. I probably look more fondly back at it. I remember not loving the pacing, but I would guess that is kind of that effect is muted after uh, subsequent viewings. I just haven't gone back to it. So, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know where it's on my list when we get there. Um, number four. Um, I don't I doubt this is on your top 10, Jimmy. Uh, I have licorice pizza. <laughs> not on my top 10. Yeah, I figured. Um, yeah, we both saw this. Jimmy didn't like it that much. Um, but it's I, good. I just didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was another one that kind of snuck up on me. I want to rewatch it, and maybe I'm just looking on it more fondly than uh, I would think if I had just recently seen it. But I remember quite liking it. Just a nice little uh, period piece in the, in the 70s. I don't know. Not a ton to say about it. What do you... What do you have to say about it, Jimmy? <laughs> just, I already said I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I did not buy the relationship really between the main two characters and thought it was, I just didn't really like the story, I guess. And mm-hmm. I, it, it was pretty funny. I'll give it that. There were parts that I thought were pretty funny, but uh, overall, I just did not enjoy it very much. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, number three, uh, cannot believe that this came out this last year. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't include that on my list because I was like, I felt like that was the last window. So I, 
I guess I'll say it as an honorable mention then. Yeah, I but, put um, it on here because last time we did our top 10, it would have been beginning of the year. So there's, I don't think there's any way we would have included this on our lists, even though this was a part of the last year's Oscars for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I I want to rewatch it. I remember thinking it was just awesome. One of the best parts was the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was amazing. Great performances. Very exciting film uh, for being kind of a biopic historical uh, movie. There was quite a bit of just exciting things happening in terms of action and drama. Um, Jesse Plemons in it, right? Yeah, he he's the CIA or FBI. Yeah. I can't remember which. Yeah, gotta love Jesse Plemons. <laughs> <laughs> popping up and everything um yeah what do you do you have anything to say about it i just love jesse Clemens. it makes me think i might have to bump jungle cruise up from my honorable mentions because <laughs> oh man that's funny he's, he's good man he is yeah. so good i love him you're rewatching breaking bad now not to spoil what are you doing but uh <laughs> yeah i'm excited to get to his bit in the last season yeah, and be like, how did he age 20 years in, like, five years? <laughs> but, um, no, I gotta love Jesse Plemons. Uh, no, what else do you have, Holden? Uh, number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, I just, I love this movie so much. I think I've seen, I've seen this one three times as well, um, but it scratches every itch I wanted from it in terms of, you know, obviously nostalgia, but it's a very great heartwarming story too. Like there's a lot of emotion in this movie. It gets very dark for an MCU movie. Maybe the darkest an MCU movie has gotten. Um, but yeah, just great performances. Um, Tom Holland does his best job yet. I don't know what else. Oh, and the score is also, I think, the best out of all of these MCU Spider-Man movies yet. Yeah, it had some that kind of uh, culminating piece towards the end was. Oh yeah, was great. I I've listened to that quite a bit. It's it's really good. Um, Michael Giacchino, man, he is like the Jesse Plemons of composers. <laughs> <laughs> is your number one then another Marvel movie? No, I, I'm kind of surprised you wow. don't know what it is. What do, you, what do you have to say about Spider-Man, though? Spider-Man, it's great. I mean, it was just the fan favorite. I'll have more to say about it when I go through my list, I think. Um, let's see. Let me think. Um, it's not another Marvel movie. I Did you like the power of the dog that much? No. That's an honorable is it, mention. Is it, is it shh, it's time to be quiet because the monsters might kill us? Or is it the movie? Oh, quiet place. <laughs> is the movie Soul? Soul Did that come out? out last? No, Soul came out last year, or or twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it James Bond? No. Is it? <laughs> you're just you're just not thinking. Like it is. It, it's really obvious. It's just you're missing it. You're missing it. Do you give it's, up? It's really obvious. Yeah. Fast Nine. No, I free think, okay. guy. <laughs> okay, it's the only movie I gave a ten out of ten. Oh yeah, it's because <laughs> I was not one of my favorite movies this year. The trailer made me cry. West Side Story. Yeah, West Side Story. Uh, it's my favorite movie of the year. Um, like I said last week, I just rewatched it recently, so it just cemented it in in my head. But 
Steven Spielberg, fantastic musical. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's bolstered a little bit because the musical that it's, you know, based on is already very good, but Steven Spielberg manages to bring it to the big screen in a new and exciting way. Um, the I love that the sets, they they feel like a weird mix of authentic and also just like stage sets. Like <laughs> it feels like a set that you could, with enough budget, realistically put on a stage. Um and the the singing is fantastic choreography great um very uh it, very emotional i i don't think i cried the first time but i came really close the second time like towards the end uh cry uh, to cry but i don't know what do you have to say about it uh trailer made me cry not holding give me crap for it uh the actual movie itself technically well done I had problems with just the writing. I thought it was very well directed, choreographed, acted, all that. Mm. I just, the actual writing of the original play is just like, well, um, I, it, I had issues with that, but the production of it, the, the film itself, I thought was exceptional. Sure. Didn't connect with me though. Like it, I was thinking it was going to be like a magical experience and it just wasn't, which was a little <laughs> disappointing. That's fair. Um, then I'll quickly just run through my honorable mentions. I won't stop to talk about them. Uh, Nightmare Alley, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, In the Heights, Mitchells versus the Machines, No Time to Die, and uh, Raya the Last Dragon and Power of the Dog. Those are my, all my honorable Interesting. mentions. All right. Uh, my list here. First off, honorable mentions for me, Nightmare Alley. Jungle Cruise, which maybe <laughs> needs to slide into the number 10 slot <laughs> for Jesse Plemons' performance alone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the at least, I, I don't know if it, it's probably this way for you, too. This is more top 10 favorites as opposed to top yes. 10 best. Like, I don't necessarily think Spider-Man is, like, better than Licorice Pizza, but I just enjoyed it that much. I do think it's better than Licorice Pizza, <laughs> personally. Uh, I will fight people about it. Um Nightmare Alley, Jungle Cruise, Luca, uh, the Snyder Cut. Why not? Honorable mention. Uh, the <laughs> mi- the minutes five to twenty of Fast Nine was the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie theater ever, and that includes Jungle Cruise. Every time Jesse Plemons came on screen, I was just giggling. Um, movies I didn't see that will not be on this list: uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, Spencer, Flea, Worst Person in the World, and Mitchell's versus the Machines were some of the ones that came to mind that I did not get to see before putting this list together. That could have made the cut. Um, I'm real surprised at ten and nine, I guess, being on here. Sure. Uh, number ten, I had no time to die. I thought there was nice. just. A, I think a lot of that movie will. Ju- it just really capped off a franchise that I didn't realize I cared about at all. Uh, the the <laughs> the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. I th- I think there's a lot of really good moments in that and scenes that uh, were just technically well done and I had a good time with it. Way better than I thought it was going to be. Just wish you would have told Robbie. me. Oh, sorry. If you would have told me that No Time to Die would make my top 10 favorite films of the year <laughs> list, I uh, would not have believed you. Number nine is uh, the movie that we liked and not people didn't, but maybe people do now. The uh, Marvel's Eternals, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a messy movie, but I, I think what it, a lot of it sticks 
for me and i thought there was more to chew on than people give it credit for uh so i i liked that movie uh i some of these i just like which ones did i just have a good time at uh number eight the suicide can I, squad can i say something uh, about you Eter- i let you speak on my list okay. i want to sp- just say okay <laughs> uh eternals um yeah that was that was a good uh i i keep thinking about like going back to eternals and i kind of actually want to like i i don't know initially after i had seen it i was like you know this is a good movie but I'm not sure I want to go back to it. But I don't know. I, it really, it's just very interesting. It's so unique and far away from like what Marvel has put out uh, prior to that. Um, it didn't make my honorable mentions, but it was very close to making the cut. I just had a it lot was of very close to. It was very close to almost missing the cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was very close to making the cut to almost making the cut. Yeah. Um, Eight, I had the Suicide Squad, which I liked, didn't la- love it, um, sure. but I have appreciated it more since because of Peacemaker. Seven, I have Power the Dog. We'll see if it wins Best Picture tonight. Probably um, will. That's my guess. I don't know. Number six, I had Belfast, another potential Best Picture winner. Just a nice little story. It's got some, you know, it's got the parts where it gets a little bit bigger. I almost uh, wish it just focused on the little things. I had more fun when it was just the family drama, honestly. Mm-hmm. Then I'd ride in the last dragon at number five. Did not uh, expect to like it as much as I did. Uh, it's better than Encanto. It is better than Encanto. If Encanto wins best animated feature, I'm sorry. It's just, that movie is fine. Like the music's good, and the rest of the movie's just fine. I, I don't get the excitement over it. Um, Quiet Place Part Two, number four. I think that was just a really good, solid, fun film. I think the Quiet Place movies back to back have some of the best, uh, you know, back to back outings in horror history. Honestly. Find me a better duo, Conjuring, Conjuring 2, maybe. Uh, number three, I have Dune. Just was really good. Yeah. Denis knocked it out of the park again. Shocker. Um, number two, I had Shang-Chi. Uh, I just like had a really good time watching that movie. I think it's going to hold up really well. Yeah, the third act's a little messy, but uh, mm-hmm. they turned some parts that I hated about Iron Man 3 into things that I enjoyed about this movie. I thought the villain was fantastic. Yeah. The action was probably the best action in any Marvel movie. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a hot take? No, I think that's true. Um, I just, yeah, I like the character. It's I just thought it was a really fun Marvel outing. And then number one would be the no way home i mean come on it's yeah. just like how could that not be one of your favorite movies of the year toby Maguire was like those spider-man movies were my favorite growing up before i matured onto batman <laughs> batman begins on the dark night uh but gotta i always love toby i like tom and uh i thought i thought he knocked it out of the park for this one i thought this was like for what it was trying to be, it was incredible. They stuck the landing. It matured the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies in a way that I was not anticipating. Uh, it was cool to see him grow up. And, yeah, I thought it just emotionally hits at the end, too. So one of the best MCU movies, in my opinion. I'm glad it made a bajillion dollars. So that was yeah. my favorite movie of last year. Yeah. Can't wait for Morbius. 
<laughs> oh gosh. Next week, uh, folks. Yeah, next week. Um, but with that, I'll go into my top ten uh, least favorite of the year. And as I'm reading this, I'm actually rearranging two in my head. So, um, number ten, uh, Malcolm and Marie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just really, really did not like that movie. And honestly, I was kind of hoping I would like it more after watching Euphoria, since it's the same guy. But no, it didn't really help my opinion of it at all. Um, number nine, Army of the Dead. <laughs> you really hardly... didn't like it. What? Huh? You really didn't like that? I thought it was fine. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm looking at, like, other things on this list, and... uh, Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of... There's a lot of movies on my just movies of the year list that are just, like, meh to me. So, Army of the Dead. Okay. Um, Number eight is probably when it gets to movies I just don't like. Uh, Reminiscence. (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the movie that I felt like was really good at, for like very brief spurts, yeah. followed by scenes that were just incredibly bad. <laughs> the action in that movie is horrible. Next level like, bad. How could that be made in 2021? Like mm. levels of awful. Um, interest. Like <laughs> I, I was glad we watched it too. Great idea poor execution yeah very poor execution uh next i have uh the matrix resurrections <laughs> which made it yeah i i think i just really thinking about it more and more i just really did not enjoy this movie um once again this is not like worst movies of the year i think reminiscence is worse like a worse movie <laughs> than the matrix but i just liked this one a little bit less um then i have uh diary of a wimpy kid god okay i won't even talk about that one just the disney plus (laughs) movie it's not very good uh number five i think i'm at number five i didn't number these um i have the little things remember that oh yeah yeah Yeah. just very boring (laughs) and then the ending was really bad um number four red notice I hardly remember anything about that movie and that came out like a few I feel like I remember more about the little things and that came out a whole year ago Um, boy I don't remember anything about either of those movies (laughs) (laughs) on number three I have Space Jam A New Legacy (laughs) oh forgot that was the thing yep just just terrible um number (laughs) that was only number three huh yeah <laughs> it's only number three and i'm well, actually yeah, I... i'm swapping around uh one and two because initially i had th- what i'm going to read as number two i had it at number one because i think it is just objectively the worst movie i saw this year uh but it is chaos walking it's my number two um, <laughs> oh yeah the tom holland that and daisy Ridley movie <laughs> <laughs> The long delayed one, yeah, I saw it uh, in theaters. Um, it is, it's on Hulu for anyone that's interested. I think it is borderline so bad it's good, just with how poorly it's put together, how obvious like all the reshoots are. Just a terribly underused Mads Mikkelsen, whose villain. I was gonna say, <laughs> his Mads villain, Mickey's in there. I don't, he's actually in it a decent amount, I guess, but 
like his villain doesn't make any sense and i yeah whatever terrible movie are you talking about chaos walking or are you talking about fantastic beast 3 am i right <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't know yet, yet. could be a, could be a very good movie i yeah. highly doubt it uh and the number <laughs> one is of course uh free guy <laughs> um which I think my my dislike, I think both of our dislikes uh, for this movie have been just heightened by how we, well received it has been <laughs> by how everybody. We, just, like, we are still yeah. are the only people who do not like it. I I honestly, Holden, we are living in a simulation, and this is the test. <laughs> this is like it's like that one, uh, tw- uh, not Twilight Zone, but one Black Mirror episode where it's like your relationship, you're supposed to break up, but then you whatever you know what i'm talking about if yeah, you, yeah you're supposed to break up but that's the whole test is you don't actually break up you you fight the system and you figure out it's a simulation that's what we are at <laughs> only we are it's like the movie critic version of that uh, yeah not I, to call us critics that is way uh, a title we are not deserving of <laughs> but um i'm just saying hold on we got to break out of this simulation get into reality I just I can't believe that this has a higher score than I mean not that I love these other movies from this year but looking at this list like it has higher than Mortal Kombat it has higher than uh Halloween Kills it has higher than a lot of these other movies that I yeah I didn't love but I just think are better movies than this one <laughs> okay I I I don't know if I would defend. Hey, Free Guy is not actually a good movie. It has a. It shouldn't have a higher score than Mortal Kombat and Halloween Kills. Two bad <laughs> movies. I I would not defend it. Uh, I I wouldn't argue. I that think it's. Free I Guy's think it's better than worse. Uh, I don't care. Or I think. Those are, are you you than saying those are better than Free Guy? Yeah, I'm saying those are better than Free Guy. Boy, it is hard for me to objectively say those are better than Free Guy. I don't think Free Guy is like an awful movie. I just really did not like it at all. Like I, that's fair. It it has elements of a good story in it, but I just think when a movie is supposed to be funny and it's not funny at all, especially when it's Ryan Reynolds humor, it is just brutal to watch. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of like good visual effects in it and everything, but. Yeah, free, <laughs> free guy. Just oh man, yeah. Anyway. Sorry if you like that movie. We're beating a dead horse there. Should yeah. we talk about the movie X, Holden? Yeah, let's let's go on to our movie review finally of X. All right. So X uh, is the new A24 horror film um, directed by Ty West. Um, yeah, it's this was a movie that did we first see the trailer for this with like Spider Man or something? I don't know. We saw it in like the we saw it in theaters. Um, I would not think Spider Man. I would not think Spider Man. Yeah, probably not Spider Man. No, Spider Man <laughs> was where we saw Everything Everywhere All at Once for the first time. I was just trying to think where we saw this trailer for the first time. Um, but Halloween kills. No, that we just streamed that probably. Oh yeah, we did stream that. Um, but yeah, this uh, initially I thought it looked kind of stupid. I mean, it had the A twenty four banner on it, which you know typically means we'll be at least intrigued. Um, but I just like, oh, this looks like just a 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff kind of thing. You know, they're on a farm. They're going to get killed, whatever. Uh, but then the reviews started coming in, and those people were like, oh, this is a very good horror movie. So it, it piqued my interest. Um, so instead of seeing every any everything everywhere all at once this week, like we initially wanted to, uh, we decided to see this. Maybe it was Scream where we saw the trailer. Oh, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, it was probably Scream. That would make sense. Um, yeah, uh, this movie directed by Ty West, he did House of the Devil, which is a movie my brother really likes, so I watched it with him. Didn't particularly like it at the time, but that was when I was pretty new to horror films mm-hmm. and before like the whole notion of like elevated horror really kind of latched on you know like as like a, the a24 films are all coming out and yeah yeah you know like hereditary and midsummer and ariaster and all that um and the witch uh, and all that um but uh yeah i thought this was a great time at the theaters yeah. honestly i it is definitely has homage to things especially like texas chainsaw massacre and to me, at least of films I've seen, it's like clear, like just like shots ripped out of Texas oh, Chainsaw yeah. Massacre, um, but to great effect. Like it was, it was um, an homage, and sometimes an homage can just become derivative. <sighs> the Joker, uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, this was like it stood on its own two feet. It brought new things to the table. What I really liked about it is that, yes, you know this is going to turn into everybody's going to die and you're going to be left with the one, the last girl, like the horror movie trope. It plays into the horror movie tropes while being bringing something new to the table and making it a really entertaining and effective film. And it dives into some kind of, there's depth to it. There's depth to yeah. this movie. It's got those, it, that's what I like about it. It's got the, the low-hanging fruit, cliches of the um of the slasher genre i don't know if slasher but like just yeah ev- the slasher technically. yeah the slasher where someone's basically picking off all the characters and people are making dumb decisions and going and wandering off by themselves it has all those elements that like horror movies are made fun of for but then it also brings in this depth these themes these character explorations and it does a really good good job of establishing that while also just being a well shot, very well paced, directed movie. It's a slow burn that pays off remarkably well. They spend a lot of time developing the characters in this yeah. film. And it, yeah. this movie it takes, works out so well. Yeah, this movie, it spends like literally half of its runtime before it actually gets to what you may come to this movie to expect. Like, I'd, I would say the first 45, 50 minutes or however long is just set up, building up the characters, the characters do, like, doing what they came out to the farm to do and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, it very slow burn, but it worked really well because it was a, not only were the characters pretty interesting, but it was a pretty funny, like, movie for a lot of it. Like, uh, there was just... It didn't take itself too seriously at any point, even when you get to the more horror elements. But before that, it was it was almost a comedy in a lot of ways, with just all the all the jokes they were dropping, all the visual gags, and yeah, yeah. It's it's very much like a, an Ari Aster film in that way. Um, how like you, what sticks with you is like the horror elements, but then you rewatch it and you're like, this movie's actually got 
quite a bit of humor in it. Mm-hmm. And I would say more so in this, like very intentional yeah, um, yeah. humor and just imagery. <laughs> uh, there are a few moments in this film where it was just like the the theater erupted in laughter and like intentionally so like not laughing at the movie but yeah, laughing because yeah. the movie was trying to make you laugh um certainly a funnier movie than free guy in my opinion but. <laughs> and uh, shorter too so and shorter um yeah i just thought uh the it, it, i appreciated how you really got a sense for who the characters were and they were all distinct enough that their deaths actually meant something mm-hmm. like you actually felt their deaths and it was not like oh well th- here's this clear obvious side character who's just going <laughs> to die they also kind of toy with the idea of who's the last girl gonna be um they like know you're waiting for that trope so they kind of give you like which one is it going to be there's going to be two options are they both going to make it is one of them going to die are they both going to die and then it really presents all these different scenarios for you um and uh i thought that was a fun kind of back and forth play i don't know if you picked if you felt that at all but no i, was I definitely trying did. to figure out yeah I was and like, who, who is going to be the last person alive here because i really wasn't sure for a long time well, and the whole story, uh, like of this movie, is like just it, it itself is like a a parody or t- it's a satire on the final girl trope because I mean uh, the final girl trope you it, like a lot of those old slasher movies. One of the aspects of them is that they're a virgin, right? And literally, this whole mm-hmm. movie is about a porn crew coming out to this farm to uh, uh, to shoot uh, shoot a movie. Um, and so you don't you don't have that virgin character and so that in and of itself is kind of turning that trope on its head yeah um you have a lot of like it's there's a lot of exploration with like age and remorse Mm -hmm. um even like the more antagonistic characters are very well explored the editing of this film is brilliant yeah it's Um, very interesting some of the choices it is, they made. Yes. And the way they um, juxtapose different scenes, like they're making a porno. So like they're <laughs> going to be filming a scene. Like half the people are in one scene filming this like sex scene. And then half, the, you know, another character or two are experiencing a scene of high tension and they will cross yeah. be- cut between them incredibly effectively. The way like, kind of sensual sounds are used for horror purposes are is really creative um i yeah there was so much to like about this movie in my opinion it is definitely not for everybody like (laughs) if you are not a fan of horror or if you if the idea of nudity uh sex in a movie bothers you you are not gonna like watching this movie because there's a lot of both of those things (laughs) Um, so I would not recommend it to you f- for that. But if you are open to seeing those things on screen in a way that uh, is effectively done and enhances the story and the experience, I I just thought they knocked it out of the park with this thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the movie is set in the 70s, so it has a fantastic soundtrack. You can count on movies set during this time. Just oh. having banger soundtracks, bringing in a bunch of hits from then. 
In the summertime. That very memorable scene with Don't Fear the Reaper playing by Blue Oyster yeah. Cult. Um, a, a very good cover by Britney Snow of Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. I thought she's she was in pitch perfect, so we know she can sing. But um, yeah, great music. Uh, the performances in general are very very good. Uh, Mia Goth, who I was never familiar with, um, she was great. Uh, you have Jenna Ortega, who we just saw in Scream, she was good. Um, a bunch everyone else everyone is good very yeah well acted apparently uh jackson hole uh the the guy in the <laughs> porno uh he that's played by kid cuddy <laughs> yeah i didn't realize that until after the i movie. didn't either and, he, and he's not even credited as kid cuddy he's like by his full actual name and so i was like oh okay cool but yeah, yeah. i um it, it was great. I, I love the slow burn when it pays off and they use that time to really build the tension. Like for me, Ex Machina, perfect example of that. Just the crescendo of tension, just constant, just the slightest constant crescendo of tension. It doesn't, I guess it grows exponentially, but it's not like out of nowhere, I would say. Well, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. You could, I just, it's very gradual. It's very restrained and it's really effective. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's just the, the visual storytelling is also excellent. There's just different shots in here that stand out um, and are kind of ingrained into my memory. Not from like a, not in an Ari Aster way of like, that is just so disturbing. I can't unsee that, but like a, just a memorable how the shot was used storytelling how it how it conveyed the story using the imagery sure um yeah there were a couple examples that maybe we could talk about in spoilers but uh overall i i really liked every aspect of this movie and and i always evaluate movies for you know what is it trying to be and then how well did it meet that target sure sure so i don't know anything else you want to bring up non-spoiler wise um before our rating yeah no not really i think we're we're good to go let's give our rating i'm gonna go nine out of ten i really think this was a a solid fun time effective it played with the tropes um it was familiar with them and it took that knowledge of them uh to kind of bring this movie up to the the next level and to just make it a fun experience uh, but also a, a exploring some different themes about aging and regret and kind of maybe the unfairness of, of life and situations and just a lot of catharsis and different things going on. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think Ty West did an excellent job. Um, I liked it more than House of the Devil, but again, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. So very well done. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was on my favorite movie list of this year. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, it's actually grown on me more as uh, time has gone on since we saw it two nights ago. Um, I mean, I still really liked it then, but I like it even more now. I'll probably give it a eight and a half. Let's go with that. Eight and a half out of ten. And it would, I would be surprised. Well, I, we did see Jackass Forever this year, but I was going to say I would be surprised if a film made me laugh harder than this film did. <laughs> 
at least like at the at the peak laughter i think i laughed harder at this than other movies i don't know jackass forever was really funny yeah we were laughing pretty hard at that one <laughs> but yeah so maybe it was, it's a tie yeah <laughs> on to spoilers all right yeah so x spoilers um where should we start with this one where do you want to start um i don't know do we want to just kind of go chronologically through the story i mean we we start with the the uh, police officers coming by you get the whole uh the evangelical sermon going on mm-hmm. the background and black and white for whatever reason even though it's 1979 yeah it just looks like an old tv and they're old people so i just took it as maybe that worked yeah Yeah. there we go um that makes sense the whole twist with uh forget the the character's name maxine the last girl maxine maxine her being like the pastor's daughter okay that didn't add anything to it for me I didn't really get that. Um, I mean, we hear those sermons throughout the movie. Um, I, yeah, it just... It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I think, in general, with like the the preachings on the TV and everything, this movie delves into a lot of themes of like hypocrisy and stuff with, like, oh, these this old couple is watching this, you know, these Christian teachings, and they, you know, keep calling these people whores and stuff and yet they're just out here like killing <laughs> everyone yeah like it, it's there's there's a lot of kind of stuff like that and the fact that uh pearl is you know obsessed with sex and being young and everything so i i think the preachings themselves are fine but the twist is kind of unnecessary i and i agree with you i didn't really get it didn't add that much. Um, maybe it'll be more upon a subsequent viewing. I do want to watch this movie again sometime. Like yeah, this is when yeah. I was like, I'd watch this one again. Um, yeah. Uh, so th- there was that. Um, let's see. Uh, you had them going to the store, kind of establishing the, the characters of I forget the now the main guy Wes West Wes. What was the main guy's name? The the uh, the oldest the producer? guy. Yeah, uh, I can't. Rem- I'll pull it up. I let's see. His name was Wayne. Wayne. Sorry. Wayne. Okay. Started with a W. I was close. Uh, I thought that guy was great. He was really good in that role. Um, we already talked about the performances were great. I thought it just kind of just seeing these characters reading through the script. I like how you had the the filmmaker guys like this is gonna be like art house cinema yeah this <laughs> porno like this is how I get my start well yeah and like uh I mean a lot of people around him are like like supportive like they think what he's making is good but they're also kind of like dude this is just a this is a porn <laughs> like <laughs> it's um, kind of funny yeah he's like whatever you're doing just keep doing it whatever um you have all those scenes they're getting they're doing their scenes it's getting hot and heavy um and i just love just kind of the underlying tension that's throughout the whole film like you know something's gonna happen this the old people are just so decrepit and (laughs) just 
they look like they have a foot in the grave. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jackson even says, like, man, that is one ugly guy or whatever yeah. he says. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, jumping ahead kind of, but I, I think despite the fact that they are old and decrepit, they do a really good job of, like, making them still a threat like it's it's there's not really a point where you're like oh well you know jackson could have just overtaken the guy or something the, the typically the kills come at points where the our main cast are like they're not they're not fully in control of the situation or anything like like the kill with wayne like wayne there was like a surprise kind of thing and uh, the old man killed Jackson with a shotgun and stuff. It it was it all made sense. It wasn't just like, oh, why don't you just you know knock the old people over? <laughs> like you can just <laughs> push them over; they'd probably die. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that that was the thing that kind of plot wise was worked for the movies that they didn't know they were getting picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, they were completely unaware that everybody was dying kind of until that you had the last two girls remaining um did you have like a favorite kill i guess oh um i mean pro like i kind of mentioned it earlier but um rj the filmmaker like the first kill i just think the whole like with don't fear the reaper playing in the background and how that scene plays out with the visual parallels to like psycho and which RJ had previously said was his favorite or one of his favorite movies. I mm-hmm. I think that whole scene was just great. So that might have been my favorite. Yeah, and how she starts dancing. Yeah. And yeah. After the scene and she's kind of in touch with her, you know, younger self and she's like like uh killing is almost the sexual thrill. Um very very effective and just the lighting how she's like silhouetted at times mm-hmm. it was cool um that was a great scene um like <laughs> uh when jenna ortega's character just gets blasted <laughs> um was surprising and intentionally comical like it's just like you're thinking she's gonna last longer i guess and they set it up Ty West sets it up that like oh who's gonna be the last one she just is disposed of so (laughs) suddenly that it's like oh my gosh and you don't really see it like she just runs out the door and she just is basically clotheslined by a shotgun bullet Uh, I mean (laughs) well (laughs) like both of us I think kind of jumped it was like very surprising almost like a jump scare in a way (laughs) but with, with a shotgun blast just came out of nowhere um yeah uh i thought that was um effective the one kill that was probably my least there was uh i for the blonde girl i forget her name now again yeah with the alligator or the crocodile or yeah i thought i was like just move you're clearly gonna get pushed in um, yeah (laughs) bobby lynn like that was kind of telegraphed to me that was the one that was like well this is clearly what's gonna happen and I thought uh, Jackson might be the one to get the alligators once he started digging for that flashlight. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, I think that was purposefully set up that way. Like, oh, he's going to get in the water and there's going to be an alligator or something. But almost kind of glad he didn't go that way. It was more surprising. 
all the gator misdirects man yeah that first scene where maxine jumps into the pond and that gator like it's just straight above that was so tense yeah (laughs) i mean it's like early enough in the movie that you can you know guess that it's not gonna you know the gator's not gonna get her but still it was terrifying yeah um but like you said like the the way they establish the older characters as a threat was really good but then also their relationship because at first i was like okay is the grandma gonna be the crazy one or the grandpa gonna be like the really crazy one and they they both are like they both are just taking people out yeah um kind of equally kind of crazy um but uh yeah uh it was just like i think it's just like it's uncomfortable to think about old people having sexual desires (laughs) um but i think that was really effective and i loved the whole scene where pearl is talking to um Maxine about like herself when she's younger and then you even get like the scene where she's like combing her hair and like putting her dress on and trying to be beautiful and he's like oh you know Pearl I can't do that my heart's gonna give out or whatever he says and um (laughs) so I talked about kind of just the effective visuals and just the uncomfortable nature of it you have the crocodile or the gator from above that was really great just them shaking on top of the bed while uh while maxine is in the room is hilarious but also terrifying yeah it's it's a perfect blend of comedy and horror because it's like well it's i mean it's just like creepy to watch you're i mean obviously max maxine is under the bed and you know could get caught at any point and it's just a very very tense scene <laughs> the amount that it lingers on it too is almost is almost adds to the comedy it's like the bed is like dipping down right above <laughs> her as she's beneath it that first thrust by uh the old man he's just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that had and then you have the tension of is he gonna have a heart attack yeah too? yeah which he does when like uh um Jenna Ortega's character or Ortega, I forget her name. What's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jenna Ortega. Lorraine. She's like not fully dead. She kinda twitches and then that's what gives him the heart attack. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um okay. So did did you know that Pearl was played by Maxine? I did not, but I was con- I looked at the cast and I was trying to find who played Pearl. And yeah. I couldn't, I was like, it must have been like someone double acting, but I didn't look any deeper than that. But yeah, that's so, incredible because you would not be able to tell. Yeah. I mean, not only is the makeup just amazing, the performance is, the difference in performance is awesome. But I mean, the editing is is great too, because they share several scenes together. Um, so the way that they managed to, I mean, not that that's particularly unique to this movie, but still just amazes me whenever the movie does that yeah um you have uh that scene where they are cutting between the lemonade the two Mm -hmm. lemonade uh scenes that was great how uh you got the classic porn like oh no my car broke down oh come inside (laughs) i had a drink sir 
and and then it's cross cut with uh, Maxine having that lemonade with uh, Pearl. Um, yeah, I, I that was just great. I love how they cross cutted the parallels. Mm-hmm. So effective. You had that um, the technique that was used pretty often of like cutting to the next scene, but cutting back several times. It was like kind of a back and forth flashes. Um, just to transition that was just off-putting yeah i don't know if it added anything more than that it was just cool i liked it it was very Um, jarring a lot of the time and they lots of the times when they did it it was between two scenes that just had like absolutely nothing to do with each other so i think it was almost just a stylish way to make a jarring change but yeah it just was it was just another little ingredient thrown into this you know tension stew if you will uh by that uh, allegory for me um <laughs> i uh i heard you laugh at the beginning when they used like a wipe <laughs> wipe cut like uh a transition uh-huh. between scenes it was very star yeah. warsy very 70s movie transition yeah i all those little things were great i i thought uh oh the shout out to wayne stepping on a nail from flash me back to a quiet place mm-hmm. part one always just the most uncomfortable like it, it is kind of funny how you know you have like rj getting his throat stabbed and several times and he's just like a his throat's a mess and everything people are like yeah okay that's creepy and then you just have a guy stepping on a nail and everyone in the theater goes Ooh, like audibly <laughs> i will but. say i think a quiet place had the better step on the nail Bit. yeah it was built up to more um but that still tough to watch she's like i'm gonna get tetanus from this crap <laughs> um a lot of good just one-liners in there too um <laughs> but yeah you had him looking through the holes and getting stabbed well yeah he gets stabbed through the face and you don't really see it and they just they cut back to it later on and you see the rest of it it's very abrupt and jarring and unexpected and it's oh mm-hmm. my gosh um that was i don't remember when they cut back to it fully you got to see the rest of it but uh i liked how they did that too and yeah it was funny just as like all these people are perfectly capable of overpowering these old people (laughs) but they're just picking them off grandma's just picking them off and like wayne and jackson are both like these huge guys too like just massive (laughs) if they if they like knew what was going on at any point they could just easily overtake them yeah (laughs) I like the the bit where you know uh, Jenna Ortega is like look, trying to look for RJ, and then Wayne comes and he's just wearing these tiny little like <laughs> tiny <laughs> tidy whiteies. Pretty funny. Yeah, a lot of good visual gags in here too. Um, yeah, you had the whole bit where uh, Lorraine is stuck in the the cellar you see that mm-hmm. there's a guy like changed up there dead probably used from some weird sexual things that we maybe see in the prequel um which we can talk about <laughs> not staying around for the post credits <laughs> uh that was a goof on us um but yeah that was kind of her that shot of her just screaming is uh mm-hmm pretty i feel like pretty iconic moment from the movie similar to tony collette in hereditary i feel like that's just going to be something that stands out i think that they put it in the trailer too yeah they did 
very the way they lit it just is terrifying and her fingers getting just sm- just oh that's hard to watch too just s- smashed into a bunch of different directions and that uh that was after she like smashed through the door like the shining almost yeah very similar yeah. I, that kind of leads uh, there's that was another visual like uh, reference to other horror movies uh the other one i wanted to bring up was the pov shots in the cabin kind of were evil dead reminiscent almost okay very very iconic parts of those movies um but yeah the Text the one that really gave me Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes is when they're in the house looking out the house through the screen door. Like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, I want to say they do that a lot in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. Yeah, I think um, right. Just like that hallway, kind of in that, that ho- home. Yeah, Unless I'm just completely misremembering Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that's just like an eerie vantage point for whatever reason. Well, and I thought it was used really well. The house itself, to me, seemed to have a similar layout in some ways uh, to the Texas Chainsaw House. Um, I didn't have, like, the meat cooler area or anything, but it just kind of the layout of the kitchen and all of that just seemed very similar to what we saw in that movie. So Very intentional, yeah. I'm like sure. It's like they're like the same family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, the, yeah, the whole setting, the time period very much feels like texas chainsaw massacre but instead of a big man with the chainsaw running around you have two old people (laughs) just picking people off uh just so old another Um, thing I, i wanted to say about it is i i mean i guess you know when I initially saw that the villains were like old people, I expected some sort of supernatural element to this movie or something. I was like, okay, if these there's like crazy old people, there has to be something more to this, but it's not. It's literally just crazy old people. But I kind of I love that. I think it it's better. But I just oh I do I too. I, I yeah I always find the supernatural kind of supernatural take on things always to be kind of a cop out. Mm-hmm. Um. So I like you know with uh, Resident Evil Seven and, and stuff like that. I sure, like sure. how this kind of kept it in the real world. Um, I'm excited to see that prequel. We did not see the trailer because it was at the end of the credits. Because the credits were rolling, I'm like, well, I'm guessing there's no post credits, <laughs> so we can just head out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we it was the one time I always look. Like I typically look even immediately. At these, yeah, immediately. Usually even at like a twenty four movies, just because I never know and like those movies never have post credit scenes and this one does i actually went and there was a someone recorded it on their phone put it on youtube hasn't been taken down so i did watch it but it is essentially just a, a trailer for the prequel film that we mentioned last week uh ty west shot and made um immediately after making this movie and yeah it looks like a lot of the setting is still on the farm and stuff and Sure enough, Mia Goth is playing a young Pearl. So, hmm. yeah, it's it's interesting. I I'm curious to see where he's going with it because if he felt so sure about making this, then I'm guessing he like truly just had a story he really wanted to tell with this character. So, kind of, it seems like a similar vein of like, uh, um, James Gunn with peacemaker and the suicide oh, squad oh yeah sure sure 
how they just kind of Very led right so. into each other. Um, I do like how they, it was like Pearl was kind of a victim of her circumstances. Like she was like this young, sexy dancer lady who was married to this guy who happened to have to be called into the two world wars and kind of robbed her of a lot of her like years in her prime. And then like these kids today just come by and they're just like her. They remind her of herself and they can just, they're not in the same circumstance. They don't have to worry about any of that. And they just like how she feels like they're just flaunting it in her face. Mm hmm. Um, and all kind of the resentment she has towards them because of that, I thought it was really interesting. And it, it they did a really good job of humanizing um, yeah, the they, two characters. They spent a, I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but they spent a lot of time just with those two characters outside of the context of them, like, killing everyone. Um, even, I mean, I guess even during the killing spree, there would be moments of them, you know, just talking or discussing things. It was just a... It was such a different thing for a slasher movie because that like never happens it almost felt weird because i was just so not used to that happening but very welcome yeah it was great i really liked it i don't think i have anything else to say off the top of my head no i don't think i i do either yeah all right holden yeah all right let's move on to our final segment where i ask holden what are you doing Hey everybody, Jimmy here. Normally I don't add in recordings like this to our podcast, but right when we finished the show, Holden mentioned to me that we did not talk about our favorite part of the movie X, and that is when Pearl shot the shotgun at Maxine and just flew like 13 feet out the doorway and broke her hip. We were just dying laughing. The visual comedy of that, just the unexpected nature, breaking the tension was genius and we thought we had to throw that in there and uh we kind of alluded to the fact that we laughed a lot during this movie that had to be the funniest part in a morbid sense but uh we just wanted to add that here so there you go and we'll go on to the segment what are you doing right now what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, what I did this week, um, well, one thing, as you mentioned earlier, I did start rewatching Breaking Bad. Um, Jimmy's like, you're watching Breaking Bad. Why aren't you watching Better Call Saul? Like I asked you and I said, Jimmy, I'm going to watch Breaking Bad and then watch Better Call Saul. I, I understand. The I argument. still think you should do it the other <laughs> way around, but okay. I, but like, I don't know. I feel it's kind of, to me, it's like why i i mean not that i watch the star wars prequels a lot but i would sooner watch the original trilogy followed by the prequels because i think it's just more interesting with the context of the movies that already exist so i don't know okay okay Uh, i mean but you already have technically seen breaking bad yeah which is true but i don't know it's it's just been a while like i was telling you there's a bunch of stuff in season one i just didn't remember and I'm sure there's even more stuff later on that I won't remember. So I'm kind of just excited um, to uh, to revisit it. So far, very good. I'm already hooked. Where are you at? I'm like 
I think I just finished the fifth episode of season one. So almost season one only has seven episodes. So uh-huh. almost done with that already. This um, is a meth. <laughs> Whatever happens. Whatever he says. I forgot the bit where uh, Walter White blows up the rich dude's car. I just complete. I didn't remember that happening. I don't all. remember that. Either. Well, thank you for re-spoiling it for me, Holden. <laughs> I had forgotten what happens to like a lot of the main characters. And then my dad, like, I'll just be talking about how I'm rewatching Better Call Saul, and my dad will just be like, "Oh yeah, I had forgotten until the other day that so and so just gets shot in the last season of Breaking Bad." I'm like, "Well, Dad, I had totally forgotten that, and thank you for <laughs> spoiling that, re-spoiling that for me." Um, or it'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember in Better Call Saul season four, this happens." I'm like, "I had forgotten that. Thank you for re-spoiling it for me." <laughs> so yeah. Um. Yeah, but in addition to that, I've been rewatching The Boys as well. About halfway through that, I'm just kind of going back and forth between that and Breaking Bad. Um, but yeah, about halfway through season two of that, it's almost almost caught up again. Very very good. Very excited for the new season of that. Um, in terms of movies, it looks like the only movie I watched this week was Wedding Crashers, <laughs> starring Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Um, how was that it was all right um it like a star-studded cast that i didn't i mean i went in knowing owen wilson and vince vaughn were in it but then like christopher walken is a main character (laughs) um (laughs) bradley cooper is like the antagonist in it uh Hmm. there's just rachel mcadams is in it it, there's a bunch of people that i was not expecting but it was kind of funny just on hbo max um but aside from that i've just been playing kingdom hearts 2 um i bought the indie game hollow knight on playstation's indie sale they had going and i started that a little bit but i think i'll probably wait to play that until later on down the road i should focus on playing kingdom hearts 2 and i don't know if i'll go to that next or what but um ghost of tsushima I, I don't have it here right it's my dad's copy is in lincoln so probably not yet come on holden you're blowing i'll get it. to it eventually but um yeah I, beyond that i i'm considering going out and buying the new kirby game but i also kind of want to get the new star wars game and i don't think i should get both so i'll probably just the lego game yeah the lego star wars game so, um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the Lego game looks legit, man. It, I'm getting so excited. excited. I've been watching it. all the behind the scenes stuff for it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like so it's much only going to disappoint us at this point, but we'll see. I think it looks great. Everybody who's played it says it's great. So, um, it seems really funny too. Uh, let's see. I'm, I am rewatching better call Saul as you know I am in season three and again I'm just reminded that this show just gets better as it goes and so many good moments um really like it uh so good you gotta watch it Holden come on I will I will (laughs) that's the point (laughs) uh and uh I gaming wise I relapsed into my addiction of playing FIFA so Oh. we'll see how long that goes for um <laughs> isn't it like once every couple of years or something you get back into it 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 
I don't, there was a long period where I just played it like an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't play it for like, I won't play it for like a year at a time. And then oh, I don't yeah. know. We'll see how long it goes. Um, otherwise I did watch a movie this week, Holden. And oh, that wow. movie was 300 by, directed <laughs> by Zack Snyder. And it was great. I really liked it. Uh, really? Definitely has flaws, but it was great. Did not realize Michael Fassbender is in that movie. So there you go. What um, made you watch that? Well, I had just taught about that. Oh, and then I saw I was leaving Netflix. And even though I, it was on HBO as well, I just kind of sat down. I was going to watch Better Call Saul. I just was in Netflix and it just was there. I'm like, you know what? I should watch 300 tonight. I have time. So go to bed by my bedtime. Just taught about it. I was in the the mood and you know what? It gets the essence of the truth right. It really does. Um, <laughs> the essence which, of the truth. <laughs> it gets the essence. Of course, there is like you got like war elephants. There were no war elephants there, but like it's the essence of it. They got most of it like, you know, they got the core idea of it right. <laughs> All the little nitty gritty, no, definitely not. But uh, it's such a cool story, man, and uh, I enjoyed it. It was great. I love the how stylized it is, and I guess it's just literally like a frame by frame re- recreation of the comic it's based on. Um, <laughs> it is like it's definitely like oh the greeks are really good guys and the persians are very bad like it's definitely an oversimplification of things i'm like that's probably a little problematic but who really cares honestly and um the more i was looking into like the creation of it and stuff um i think it was it frank miller yeah who wrote the comic um he's like yes it's inaccurate but i like it's intentionally inaccurate like i started from the truth like the accurate interpretation and then I changed it intentionally from there mm-hmm. and like I you can see that like you can see that that was the the idea behind it so I think it's definitely worth a watch like I had a really good time with it I forgot that there's a sequel maybe I'll see that sometime I still got to get to mummy three man <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah I I had a good time I think it's like an eight out of ten honestly it was it was fun to watch it's not very long it's, um, it, it visually held up better than I thought it was going to from like some of the for some scenes where it's like oh that's obviously a digital blood splatter but it's a uh, it was a did good they, time uh, I did liked they it. say this is Sparta uh-huh yeah <laughs> they did um otherwise I think that's it I watched a little bit more of Ted Lasso which again surprising how incredibly uplifting and incredibly sad it is at the same time <laughs> Not expecting it to be as sad, but in a good way, sad. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got, Holden. Sweet. Well, next week. Next week's going to be an exciting, exciting week for a few reasons. Well, first of all, Oscars are tonight. We thought about recording this during the Oscars, decided against it. So we'll just go over our Oscar winners, ne- the, like what we think next week. Um, I'm still thinking Power of the Dog's going to win Best Picture, but we'll see. Um, and then of course, uh, we have Morbius, (laughs) very, (laughs) very excited 
for this because Jimmy, I I actually hadn't seen it before Jimmy said something, but he had told me about the audience reactions to this movie. And typically the early reactions for movies are positive, even if the movie's not very good. But even this movie does not have positive reactions for it. Um, with some people saying that it has the worst post credit scene of any movie ever. So I'm going to be bored the whole movie just looking forward to see how bad this post credit scene is. Um, and next week I think is also the premiere of Moon Knight. So I kind of snuck up, but I believe we have that next week as well. So I am actually interested in that. <laughs> um, All right. but yeah, uh, if you want to leave us a recommendation, you can do so by, uh, Give, oh God, I just got mixed up there by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by uh, emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Um, yeah. Dink, that's it. All right. Adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast.